Hi. So um, I've been through a hell of a lot of therapy in the last six weeks, twice a week, intensive therapy plus AA meetings every day plus group therapy and Tuesday night two hours and I think I've worked out the reason that I had a mental breakdown and I want to talk about it and it's World Health Mental Health Day while I'm recording this so it seems like a good time. Um, before we get into it I just want to say thank you so much for coming back every day and listening to my uh my videos and thank you for subscribing and if you haven't yet please subscribe um, and if you like the video don't forget to drop a like on there um, because it really helps the channel and it really helps uh, me reach more people um, and people are struggling out there I made a post today saying uh, a, a world mental health day post saying just talk to someone if you're struggling and I was inundated with messages and comments from people saying I wish my daughter had talked to someone I wish my father had talked to someone I wish my son had talked to someone they're no longer here and it kind of blew me away it really blew me away um it's an epidemic at this point I feel like unaliving I feel like when I was a kid no one I'd never even heard of this and now it seems like every, everyone has been touched by an, an, an unaliving. I have to say that because uh, you can't say the other word on social media. Um, it seems like everyone's life has been touched by it in some way. Um, and I've had to talk about my own attempt endlessly for the last six weeks in meetings and in therapy. and to psychiatrists and I've really tried to sort of really dig into you know what what caused me to get to the point where so many thousands of others get to where it's just hopeless this feeling of just dark hopelessness every day it's incredibly frightening and you, you feel like it's the, it's relentless it's relentless like a juggernaut of relentless darkness that's all I can say and that's how I feel like people get to when they get to that point you can't see a way out and you can't see it ever changing because it never has changed but now when I look back I, I see that it, it has changed for me in the past but at the time I couldn't see that and um it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem and I just couldn't look back at other times in my life when I come out of this depression. Um, at that point, I'd become so absorbed with, with it and also I was kind of completely in my own head thinking about myself. I wasn't being of service, I wasn't helping other people, I wasn't being useful to my family, I wasn't reaching out to AA, I wasn't sponsoring guys through the helping other guys get sober, so I was completely in self. And whenever I'm obsessed with myself, whenever I'm thinking about myself, it's a recipe for depression. Every single time. If I'm thinking about myself, I'm going to be depressed. It's just how it goes with me. And I think you, you may be the same. Um, 
I think there's an epidemic of depression now because in the older times, people, the society was fighting through wartime or people were hungry and they couldn't have as much time to reflect. Nowadays, we're, everyone's pretty much comfortable. And we're, we're all pretty much, people are struggling, but they're not, like, not on the level that it was in previous generations. Like everyone basically isn't starving to death. Um, and there isn't, we just live in a much more comfortable world these days. Every, every generation gets more closeted in technology. And I feel like technology also can isolate and it's isolated me, but I was isolated before. So isolation was another problem. So I was thinking about myself. I was completely isolated. I was at home, but I was just in my own head the whole time. And I should have been, if I'd have been present with the kids and present with Laura, I wouldn't have got to this point. So those were two big things. Did I finish the point about the being more comfortable now? Yeah, I'm just trying to say that um, I feel like as a generation, we can, we've got more time to think about ourselves now than we ever did in the past. I mean, there's just less things to think about that are genuine dangers. So... I feel like our minds will make something up. If there's nothing to worry about, my brain will think of something and make something up. It's just my nature. And I wonder if you're like that. Let me know in the comments if you're similar to that. Um, so those two things. The third thing, which is what I made the video about today, was, and this is a huge one, not telling anyone how I was feeling. I think that was probably the biggest biggest factor in what happened is not speaking up not telling anyone I didn't tell Laura until that Sunday when it happened and if I hadn't have told her she's the reason that I'm still here to having told her what I was planning if I hadn't told her she wouldn't have called the police I wouldn't have been intercepted and I probably wouldn't be here now so I've got her to thank for that um and it's just embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, it's funny to think that embarrassment can kill you. It's so weird to think that literally being embarrassed can be fatal. Because it's embarrassing to pick up a phone and talk to a sponsor and say, I'm not doing well. It's like a £10,000 phone. It's so heavy. I can't pick it up. I can't tell anyone, you know, it's embarrassing. I've got shame around it. I got shame for people being like, well, you've got, not that anyone would, but in my head, I'm like, people will say, what have you got to be depressed about? You stop moaning. No one did say that, except a couple of people online. But no one in my circle said that. But in my head, I was like, that's what they're going to say. And that kept me in shame and kept me in fear. And I didn't, I couldn't talk about it. Um, so further isolation. And uh, for an addict, my addiction wants me alone and then it wants to kill me that's what they say about addiction and that is 100% what happened to me so I was alone the addiction wasn't being taken care of on a daily basis I wasn't going to meetings I didn't call my sponsor that's already a recipe for for trouble there right there um so I was in a very dark place and I've been in a dark place for two or three weeks and I had got on antidepressants um, and that's a whole other story I, 
I was so anti antidepressants, if that makes sense. I was staunchly against them, but it was so bad that I was just, I'll do anything. It was the gift of desperation. I was like, I'll do anything to come out, to be taken out of this feeling. So I'd started them. And I know in my right mind, they take four to six weeks to work. I know that. But they weren't working quick enough for me. And so I stopped, stopped taking it so seriously. I was like, well, you know, I should take them every day, but right up until, right up until the unaliving attempt happened, I was sort of taking my foot off that a little bit to the point where for three days before it happened, I wasn't taking them, which apparently, speaking to my doctor, is hugely dangerous and results in unaliving. I had no idea crazy to think that an antidepressant can make you off yourself if you stop taking it but that was the perfect storm all those all those four things were the perfect storm and I've I've been through a lot of talk therapy and I've talked about it a lot in meetings and I've talked to a lot of guys and I really think that those four things as well as I made the series about well why we separated I don't want to blame the unaliving attempt on the separation because it's all me. The, the unaliving's got nothing to do with Laura. It's 100% to do with me. I was responsible 100% for it. So I don't want to even bring the separation into it. But of course, that was a, a factor that my life fell apart then. But I could have coped with that without wanting to unalive myself if those other four things hadn't slipped, I think. Um, so it's apt world health world mental health day I know it's when you see this it'll be a couple of days after but I realized I should talk about what I've learned through in the past past six or seven weeks it's been a lot of talk therapy and I can tell you that it definitely gets better I don't skip down the road every day but if I look at a graph Every day is like, it's, every day is up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But if I look at a graph, it's going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, but it's going up. Does that make sense? So it does get better. Oh, I'm just stretching. It does get better. And it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So if you're struggling, please talk to someone. Please don't stop taking antidepressants if you're taking them. Try not to isolate and just, I know it's really hard. When you're depressed, contrary action is the hardest thing. The last thing you want to do is exercise, but exercise makes you feel better. The last thing you want to do is talk to someone. The last thing I wanted to do is talk to someone, but that's where the solution is. And I feel like it's coming back to that same thing. My addiction wants me alone and then it wants to kill me. So it wants me isolated and it wants to tell me not to exercise, not to reach out. It's brutal. It's brutal. But the good news is if you're struggling, if you tell someone, they'll help you. I know they will. I mean, you have to speak up. 
and as guys we find it hard as well but it's it's not just a guy thing it's everyone it's an every it's a human thing but the amount of messages i got today from people whose family members had done it i had no idea it was such an epidemic so we've got to keep talking and we've got to try to help each other so yeah I feel relief nowadays. I don't feel in that dark, relentless place anymore. And I just want to let you know that it can get better. And I love you guys. And uh, let's come back tomorrow and we'll talk about something else.